0: know what time it is it's time for another episode of the three in one podcast joining us from cleveland ohio mr pivot himself please give it up for international ian lamont morgan
1: i'm outside for the draft right now right now
0: (laughs) that's right ladies and gentlemen and here in the capital city it's your boy malcolm morgan they call him the black hubert davis because he is the future We'll talk more about that later, but welcome. Ian, how are you doing today? Another two in one special.
1: Man, I am uh, I'm good. It's been an amazing weekend in sports. And so I'm riding high. I'm riding high. How about you?
0: I'm doing great. It's been, you know, uh Final Four games were well, two of the three Final Four games were pretty good. Um and you know, sad to see sad to see some news uh that we'll talk about a little bit. In um, college basketball, but it was a successful successful season. We got through it. Yeah, no major issues that we know of. Um, but before we get started with the show today, I want to remind you that the three in one podcast is produced, created, and hosted by Urban Arts Digital. You can follow them on social media at Urban Arts Digital for updates about this and other podcasts. We'd love to see you guys join this journey with us. You can also follow us on social media, 3-in-1 Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We put up polls. We've got additional content that we want to share with you guys, and maybe even coming soon, some live shows that we want you guys to participate in. So please make sure you're following us for updates, and we'd love to be seeing some of our fans in the comments. So... Oh, yes. Let's start with the big news. NCAA tournament. Baylor absolutely buries Gonzaga in the national championship game. Um, Let me look up that final score for our fans who didn't watch the game last night. 86-70. to Um,
1: And it wasn't that close.
0: And it was not that close. I mean, you know, Gonzaga had a moment at the end of the first half, at the beginning of the second half, where it looked like maybe they'd make a little bit of a run. But Baylor kept holding them off. It was... uh, it it looked like it was light work for Baylor. Um, what did you see in this game, Ian? What was the what was the tipping point?
1: Um, the tip off. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, it, uh, they came out fast and furious, um, and it's not it's not that easy to come back uh, in college mm-hmm. basketball in a game like this. When you just went to overtime in your last game two days ago, uh, you got to do more than than they than Gonzaga did coming out the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Baylor had eight buckets to Gonzaga's one <laughs> coming mm. out the gate. Yeah. And at one point, it was crazy. Um, I was looking at the stat, and they said that uh, Gonzaga had rebound. I mean, Baylor had rebounded 80% of their misses. Um, and you see the final tally, 14 offensive rebounds to one. That is That and the turnover um, uh, disparity – Really was the name of the game. You you mm. can't win if you turn the ball over. <laughs> you can't win without the ball. But then also, um, if you're giving up offensive boards, you were giving up those hustle plays, and that's that's really the, the the point of it. Baylor's already good enough, so if you get out hustled by them, you will end up with a score like eighty six to seventy. Mm. Um, it, it was never a question. It it got ugly and it got ugly quick. Uh, uh, Jalen Suggs got in foul trouble, and that was really all she wrote too. So. Um, not too much more to say other than Baylor looked how Baylor has looked, you know, people wondered if not for COVID, you know, would they have been undefeated coming in? And yeah. I think it's 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 pretty obvious they would have.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a case of Baylor getting healthy, getting right at the right time. Um, yeah. you know, the Baylor team we saw now was not the Baylor team we saw early in the year just because of COVID issues and, and, and injuries. And so. Um, Shout out to Davion Mitchell, Jarrett Butler. Those two guys really came up big in this tournament. I think Davion Mitchell made himself a lot of money in this tournament, um, doing his best Donovan Mitchell impression. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And his jersey last. Look, look, and then look the the Baylor just looked like the more athletic NBA looked like an NBA like team. Um, they they were able to put some pressure on Gonzaga early and often in this game really make them uncomfortable forced obviously Suggs to the bench early in the game and just like I said they were they were able to put up a big lead a really impressive lead early on that was as big as like 18 in the first half Gonzaga made a run but every time Gonzaga started to make a run you start to feel like okay Gonzaga is about to like make this a game they were able to just hold them off and Yeah, you know, shout out to to Scott Drew, what he's been able to do at Baylor, winning their first national championship uh, for the men's program. Their women's program has had tremendous success, but it's great to see Scott Drew and that Baylor program come back, especially when you think about all of the things that happened with the uh, NCAA um, issues with them um, dating back. I don't seems like twenty years, probably at this point, Uh, to be back here with this group. Got to be happy for Baylor, and then Gonzaga, just a tough way to end your year undefeated season Um, and it makes you wonder if Mark Few doesn't get it this year is he ever going to get it this was a great team with Jalen Suggs they got Andrew Nemhard, the transfer from Florida Um, Drew Timmy obviously was was really great for them this year Um, and Jalen Suggs I don't know if you get another Jalen Suggs if you're Mark Few you're fortunate to get him when you got him Um, so you got to start to wonder is Mark Few ever going to get that that national championship under his belt to add to his resume
1: yeah, you definitely gotta wonder. You definitely gotta wonder. But I mean, as far as this goes, this this was one for the history books. Honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know how much more decidedly you could win a ball yeah. game than that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, when you get when you get, I mean, the, the defense was was better. <laughs> Offense is mm-hmm. definitely better. Rebounding is better. Um, do you think this is a case of Gonzaga being tired or Baylor just being really, really good?
0: No, I mean, look, the, Baylor. Baylor's a really good team. This wasn't a. This wasn't a, a, a David versus Goliath matchup. This wasn't a uh, um, a matchup of a team that was overmatched. Baylor is a really good team. Um, it's probably the most athletic team um, that Baylor's played this year. So no surprises. For me, I mean the 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 Bears shot over forty five percent from three, um, and so when you do that in a college basketball game, it's going to be make you really tough to be, especially with the guys that they have that can get to the bucket, that can kind of score one on one a little bit. So, I mean, I was watching the halftime show, and they were like, <laughs> they're like, I don't think Baylor's going to be able to hold up this this uh, this pace shooting wise. And I think it was Kenny Smith that said they shouldn't, but they are. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think that, that played into it too much. I mean, I just think they got blitzed by Baylor and uh, you know, Baylor showed up in this game and and uh because Zach just quite just didn't quite show up.
1: I mean just thinking about the prospects of next year and who's gonna be able to run it back. Um, how many of these guys are gonna declare for the draft? Uh, when you know you got something special like that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really curious to see if, if that'll bear into their decision making as far as whether or not they're going to, um, uh, they're going to try to come back.
0: Yeah. But let's also talk about the other, um, other big final four game, um, UCLA Gonzaga. I just want to talk about the finish of this game. Um, just an incredible shot from Jalen Suggs to seal it, um, take us through that play what did you see as as that was happening what were you what were you thinking um i think i think we had some similar thoughts uh <laughs> goodness
1: i mean first of all a uh, great great shot and put back i can't remember uh, uh the guy's name but um anticipation. Juzang, i believe John yeah Juzang. yeah yeah um you know and honestly you're looking at that play and you're thinking if he doesn't make that shot, then then it's pretty much over. But follows his miss um and gets the layup, which is huge. And then they inbound the ball. Mm-hmm. Now <laughs> you got all these different guys on the court, but mm-hmm. the one guy <laughs> you kind of want to be looking out for is Mr. Suggs. And when I tell you, he zips down a very, very open middle of the court. Um yeah, one guy kind of flanking him to the side, but there was not gonna be a real shot there if they were mm-hmm. you know, if he would have hit him on the run. They just they just didn't stop the ball. They they did not stop the ball. And yeah, he pulled up from half court, but l- like he said, you know, those guys practice those shots. So yep. um but I mean, I can't I can't hold UCLA too badly for I mean, that was the championship game. Yeah. Um, if we knew then how this game, <laughs> how this game <laughs> with Baylor would end, then uh, then it would highlight it even more. Incredible game, one of the best college basketball games I've ever watched.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I we talked about this offline, but I just kept as soon as as soon as Suggs got the ball, I just kept saying, "Stop the ball, stop the ball, stop the ball," and it just never happened. No one ever stepped in front of him. Um, even the contest at the end, he just kind of stood there and put his hands up. Right, and right. so Suggs had all the time in the world to step into the shot. Yeah. Make, I mean, that's, that's one of those things. Like you, you don't want to fault the kids, but at the same time it's like, man, I just wish somebody could have been yelled out, stop the something his just basic, something.
1: fundamental, you know, yeah. Create some type of some type of tension, some type resistance, of resistance. Like, I mean, God, I, like you said, he already squared up and was releasing the ball before, before like, any type of defense.
0: Man, it, it was nuts. But I still didn't expect him to drain it like he did. But. Yeah. Well, it's like when you're in a, you're in a pickup game and uh, you're picking out who's gonna guard who who's gonna guard who. And you kind of know who the good defenders are. Oh, yeah. And, and you're feeling good that day. Like, oh, yeah, I'm about to have a good game. And then the dude that, like, comes to the gym and, like, slaps the floor and, like, really plays defense, decides he wants to guard you. And you're like, <laughs> really? Right, right, right. <laughs> and everybody else has got, like, people that are half-heartedly playing defense and they're hitting threes and they feeling like they hot. And you like, and I got Bruce Bowen Jr. over here yeah, man. taking charges. and <laughs> the one that did not wear any designer shoes. <laughs> He's out there in in the Skechers three thousands. He's ready for battle <laughs> with go- with goggles on and arm tape. Oh God, it's like, man! I just God. so anyway. Yeah, I... so where does this rank in your in your in your shot? I think one thing that I shared on social media was the Duke Villanova game. I forgot the year. Um, that one was just, and that was in the championship game. Marcus yeah. Page had just yeah. hit this imp- I'm a North Carolina fan by the way guys just to let you know <laughs> right right Fair disclosure I appreciate it. Uh, Marcus I appreciate it. Page hit hit an impossible shot and I'm like yeah. yes we did we're we're about to go to overtime I think we are it was tied at that point I was like, we're about to go to overtime and and handle this um and then Villanova comes down another situation where I'm like stop the ball stop the ball please stop the ball and the ball gets pretty much to the three point line and Jenkins gets to just step into a three yeah. And it go and you're just as the balls as the ball in the air. I remember thinking that's it.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean it was it was such a clean look. I, such I, a clean look. I mean that was practice. I I really I have a tough time putting this one above that because that was for that was for all the marbles.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then of course you got the the Christian Leitner.
0: Um, yeah. Shot. And so there, I believe that was in the semis. I think. Oh as really well. okay, I believe that' was on the semis as well yeah
1: I, th- I think if you if you add in the gravity of the game, it's gotta be that Villanova shot
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but this this is definitely a close second, yeah, uh especially just because of how good the game was, yeah. I think there was you know over 10 back lead just challenges. back and forth yeah yeah yeah, but no, it was up there, it was up there i'm I'm sorry to your tar heels though that's uh that was what
0: what a, what a great
1: and- what a great segue.
0: Yes, what a great segue. The other, the other. Before we fully segue, what hurts even more is that we won the national championship the next year, and that so could have been a back-to-back year. Back to back to back back. And so that, man. Man. So put it in the stop the ball chronicles. That, that's a documentary. The and, ball, oh my gosh. <laughs> in the naked. Can we get the thirty for thirty from that? On that, can we do that? Stop the stop the ball chronicles. Um, yeah. So speaking of segues, legendary coach Roy Williams retires after thirty-three years of coaching. Um, 18 at the University of North Carolina, 15 at University of Kansas, um, three-time national champion, um, over 900 wins, uh, just passed Bob Knight this year for all-time wins, um, retired kind of semi-shockingly, you know, Roy was 78, older, but didn't didn't really show any signs that he was retiring this year, uh, but really just felt like he wasn't the right man for the job. So as a, as a UNC fan um, and supporter, this is, you know, not, I won't say devastating. I mean, he's older. We expected him to leave at some point, but definitely hurts. One of the, were the all-time greats, but I'm really excited about the hire they made adding Hubert Davis, been an assistant there for the last um, several years, former ESPN personality, form, uh, former NBA star. Currently, I don't even know the second all-time in NBA three-point um, percentage uh, with over 44% from three for his career uh, and has been the lead recruiter there. And so We'll get some continuity, get a, a younger coach, slightly younger coach. And from all from everything that I've heard, you know, people believe that he he's a really good fit for this program. Not just a um, a UNC alum knows the program, but also a, a smart basketball mind. So I'm excited to see what he does to kind of grow um, and continue to grow what uh, what Roy had started there.
1: Man, I, I am excited for um I mean, honestly, you know, just just black men who have been active in coaching. Um, you know, I know we, we talk a lot about about black guys uh, getting hired for these, especially for these major uh, program jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does add something, you know, that he's been on staff. It does add yeah. something that he's he's put into work. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just a black guy getting a shot. It's a it's a guy getting a deserved shot. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of names floating around, a lot of people didn't like Huber Davis um, uh, mm-hmm. for this particular job, uh, for different various reasons. I heard somebody just say, "Imagine, Hu- <laughs> imagine Huber, imagine Davis uh, sitting down at, a, at the table of a youngster these days, trying to sell him on the dream." He said, "For some reason, they just don't, <laughs> they just don't feel moved." But. Um, honestly, I mean, you got to factor in.
0: Yeah, I bet you Bob Knight coming to your living room, and choking your father, saying you're coming to Indiana whether you want to or not. Let's <laughs>
1: right. I did. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't connect too well with that particular take. I was like, that's because honestly, it's it's really all about the connection, and because he has played the game, because he has played on the NBA level, because he, like you said, has had you know success, and in. NBA history um mm-hmm. you know I, I think this is a great ad like you said at the right time um shout out to Roy Williams I mean I, I don't know where you put him on on the legendary coaching street um but he was you know um like you said being what 72 71 years old he was 78 oh really okay, okay. I mean it's it's a good it's a good time to it's a good time to walk away Oh, he was
0: 70. I'm sorry. I'm, I aged him. He's only 70. All
1: oh, right. got you. But, um, yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm looking for, I'm excited about your Tar Heels. I'll be honest. You know, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of data as far as Hubert Davis and what it is that makes him a good hire. Maybe that's a good question for you. You know, what, what, what is it that he brings that would be, uh, that would be effective and, and lead them into the, I mean, and how short of a leash does he have? I think that's mm. the other question that I yeah. had. Um, I don't have details on, on the deal. I don't know if that's mm-hmm.
0: been made public just yet. I haven't heard anything about that. Well, the, the, the big thing that I think he has in his favor is that this is the, this is the person Roy wanted to succeed him. Mm. Um, the AD did come out and say this week that early in the week that, that Roy did say who he wanted to be his successor. He didn't say who it was until after they made the hire. Okay. But Hubert Davis was the person that, that uh, he wanted to hire. And then, you know, I think the big thing with, with, with Hubert is that he is a part of the UNC family. He's not an outsider.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not like Texas bringing in Charlie strong or something like that, where you're coming completely brand new to this culture, to these people. They don't know you. Um, So I think he will have a little bit of a longer leash and, you know, The continuity will be there. He's been one of the lead recruiters for this program for the last several years. So the players know him, even the players that are committed into the future, the players that are on the roster now. A lot of them are probably there because of Hubert Davis. So you don't lose. You don't have to worry about people transferring because they don't know the new coach or they don't. They're not in favor. Um, So, yeah, we don't know what he's going to be like as a head coach. We don't know what kind of system he's going to run um he has no head coaching experience but he's been under one of the greatest of all time and to answer your earlier question where does Roy rank I mean he's got to be top top five I mean mm. you know no one want to say oh he's better than Dean Smith or is above Dean Smith but he did pass Dean Smith and wins yeah um his mentor so you know that's I'd have to dig more into the numbers but he's definitely a top five all time winning three national championships um, the way he did and and to be the ambassador for the game that he is i think and you've done it for 33 years i yeah. mean it's yeah. that's tough for anybody absolutely um so i think and the other thing i want to give give Roy Williams credit for is that he was not afraid to hire um black coaches his two lead assistants were black hubert yeah. davis and steve robinson steve robinson had been with him previously even at kansas and when he came over unc brought him over and prior hubert getting there Steve was really the primary main recruiter um, of a lot of the big time players, whether it's the Ty Lawsons, the Marcus Pages, those guys. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, UNC had two internal candidates, two black head coaches that could have taken over this this position. Now, Steve is a little bit older. It would have been probably a shorter term thing, but um, you know, putting those people in position who not, not only are black, but deserve the shot and did a great job in the role that they were given. So Shout out to Roy for that, and definitely one of the all time greats.
1: Yeah, man, and that, I I forgot Huber was a, he was doing what ESPN analysis. ESPN. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Roy went and tapped him from from off of the, off of the air. So that, yep. that is huge. He's looking for yeah, he was looking for talent, black, white, indifferent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for Hubert to play it under Dean Smith and then, you know, to be handpicked by Roy Williams, I think that that bodes well. Who better to really bring culture uh, yeah. to guys who are currently there, who I know they got to retain some guys who who have mm-hmm. yet kind of decided where it is that they're going. But mm-hmm. uh, future recruits, transfer portal, all of that stuff mm-hmm. upcoming is going to be yeah. a, and an amazing. I feel like as of two, three years ago, we were not talking about the transfer portal,
0: but it's like a thing mm-hmm. now. It's well, wild, this year is gonna be—they're saying it's gonna be the Wild Wild West because everybody gets a no matter what, everybody gets an extra year if they want it. Mm, okay. So people people could be just yeah. ah let's see, I've been at a been at Duke, just go somewhere else <laughs> we'll just for just try, one more year. We'll just try another place. Eh, whatever, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I was free agency, baby. I mean, it's gonna be crazy. Um, other big college college news: Loyola coach Porter Moser. Hired at Oklahoma um, Loyola's, you know, obviously had the big Sweet Sixteen run this year, and in 2018 the Final Four run. Um, I, it's interesting. He's you don't usually see coaches from these type of schools completely switch regions to areas they haven't recruited historically. Mm. Um, in the past, Oklahoma's had some good teams, but it'll be. I, I'm curious to see how he's able to recruit that uh that Southwest Big Twelve footprint. Yeah. Um, you know, I, honestly, I
1: thought, uh, when all the buzz really kind of started about Indiana's job, I thought he mm-hmm. would be tapped for that, but yeah, they didn't they ended up going with Mike, uh, Mike Woodson. I mean, I hear about his energy, uh, talking about Moser, uh, how mm-hmm. infectious that is. His players really connect with it. And, um, you know, when you, when you accomplish some of the things that he did at Ad Loyola, it's, it's not, it's not surprising, I know sometimes people hate that these smaller schools they end up losing out. You know these yeah. these coaches that bring so much, uh, but you know he's built the profile of of Loyola Chicago as well. So yeah. I don't think they'll have issues landing a coach. Uh, he's made that a desirable program to uh, yeah. to be. So um, yeah, credit to him and credit a guy who's who's getting his his shot on a bigger stage. Um, yeah. I know the I hope Sooner Nation is excited. Oh, I know they are. Okay, awesome. Oh, I know they are. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's 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 fun to look at these guys and kind of track their careers, uh, catch them in mid-swing, and let's see what he can do there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's going to be a big question mark. Energy and everything is one thing, but uh, to be able to put his stamp on on all the recruiting and put his stamp on actually building a basketball culture that's that's – a winner. Um I think the uh I think the ladies of OU have have had more maybe more recent success. Um mm. uh,
0: but they've been they've been up and down. I mean they had the they had a they had a run during the Long Kruger era where they were pretty good. The, that weird Jeff Capel era where they had Blake Griffin. Yeah. And then they just fell off a cliff. So it's it's never been sustained success. Gotcha. Okay. Um over a long period of time. But you know, my hope is that he's able to to win there consistently i mean it's tough for these mid-major coaches to get into new situations and you just don't know how it's going to be when the when the level of competition goes up yeah um, are they still going to be getting those two and three star guys they were getting at their previous school or are they able to come up a level and get those four and five star guys and get better because that's really what it comes down to in college basketball um yeah. in in the major conferences you can be the best energy guy the best xml guy but if your talent level doesn't raise um, we've seen a lot of these these hot mid major coaches flame out at the net <laughs> when they yeah. get up to a higher level. So um, that's going to be the big question: How is he going to be able to recruit at the at the appropriate level, especially when you are playing against the Texases, the Oklahoma State, who's been recruiting well, Kansas teams like that that are that are on the rise and have been good for a while. Um, so he's he's definitely got his work cut out for him. Yeah, a lot of movement, and I think maybe more to come in college basketball. Yeah. I mean, Probably we'll, is more, but I doubt we'll be talking about it because okay. I don't care about none of them teams. Um, And shout out to Bill Self for getting a lifetime deal at Kansas the day that Roy Williams retired. I don't know if that was a coincidence or not, but they did not take any risk <laughs> at all. <Don't, laughs> who, who retired? At where? Get get the paperwork ready. Let's right, go. right, 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 not, right. <laughs> back up the brake strut. <laughs> right. Um, so let's switch, switch to some NFL news. Big trade um sam darnold going to the carolina panthers from the new york jets um the the uh jets will be getting a 2021 sixth round pick and a second and fourth round pick in 2022 um sam darnold was a name that you know we, we've we heard or batted around and seemed more and more like zach wilson was going to be the pick um man what and this is a team I didn't expect to get into the Sam Darnold chase, yeah. to be honest. Um, but how are you feeling about this, the early thoughts on this deal? Yeah, man. I
1: mean, with the Desha- Deshaun Watson stuff in Houston, that's a name. Mm-hmm. Earlier on, before they took Carson Wentz, Indiana was a name. But out of nowhere, seemingly, the Carolina Panthers swoop in. Um, interesting pick. Uh, I you know, I, I would have to agree. It's, it's pretty decent value for a guy who a lot of you and say is damaged goods. Mm-hmm. um it's kind of interesting I, I don't know what their plan is uh, according to the carolina gm this mm-hmm. does not take them out of picking a mm-hmm. quarterback in the draft so we'll we'll see what their what their actual long game is, is here but we just knew he needed a new he needed a fresh start yeah um so we'll we'll see i mean you know you pair him with a, a decent receiving core um um in carolina nothing nothing to be absolutely thrilled about so mm-hmm. i'm I'm kind of questioning and they know, just
0: lost curtis samuels right um mm-hmm. so
1: I, I i don't know i mean robbie anderson's great i guess he was pretty good from last year he was um i mean and and let's be honest most of the time you're throwing to christian
0: mccaffrey anyway so when he's healthy yes yeah
1: as long as he can do that you know they'll, they'll fare well but i don't know what the plan is um you know moving forward but we'll we'll it's definitely something to keep our eyes on. I think I'm just glad to see him get at least a restart. You know, see mm-hmm. what it is. He's not fading into oblivion like Josh
0: Rosen. So yeah, man, Josh Rosen. What a tough man! That that man was the first the first round pick the year before, and they were like the new coach came in and said, "Man, we believe in you, Josh." Right. <laughs> I mean, immediately. <laughs> um, so it's, it's it. This shows the market that was out there for Sam Darnold. This is the deal that they were able to get um yeah and and the first time i saw it i said man that's a lot but now it's a six round pick this year um and then a second and fourth next year um i guess that just depends on how you view those picks into the future but it's it's interesting because carolina was squarely in that quarterback mix i think this also says that carolina is a little worried about not getting one of those top one of those top quarterbacks um in the top half of the draft uh san francisco already traded up Um, To get presumably a quarterback. And so, in that position, they may be in a little bit of trouble or in danger of not getting a quarterback that they want. Um, So, Sam Darnold, I think, is a little bit of an insurance. They still keep their first round pick. So, if they want to go quarterback there, they can. But um, I think I I just, I, I fully don't know what to make of this. I don't know what Sam Darnold is at this point in his career. Is he is he the franchise saver and then my bigger question is what does this mean for teddy bridgewater
1: yeah yeah i mean and and what's what is the market for him yeah which i I do think there should be a market for him oh absolutely he was able to do a a very fair job um, um there in carolina and like you said when with mccaffrey out for i don't even want to say majority but at least maybe half the year yeah you know i don't know what else you would have wanted i mean i think
0: i feel like he was out for the majority i, I remember him on your fantasy team yeah and, and uh well, he was out for a while came back and then he was out again and then he and yeah, yeah i don't think he played half yeah. the year
1: so he tried to come back from one injury ended up injuring something else um mm-hmm. but you know mike davis's production picked up um mm-hmm. so i feel like there was there were a lot of good things that happened under teddy bridgewater he kind of he kind of keeps getting the raw end of the deal yeah um so I don't know. Some some different places come to mind. I know Oakland uh, lost, you know, Mariota. And so, you know, w- whether or not Bridgewater would be a worthwhile backup there, because um, I don't think there's a starting job out there for him. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that's
1: the unfortunate part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, New England seems like they're still not completely settled, depending on what they do in the draft. He might be an interesting a candidate there Chicago I, gosh I don't even know if I want him in Chicago cuz I don't know I don't think they know what they're doing um and uh yeah that's a tough thing trying to find a spot for him with a team like Jacksonville that wants to put a veteran next to Trevor Lawrence um mm-hmm. you know is that is that where we are right now with with Teddy Bridgewater um I don't know that's the market is going to be interesting but I think they're obviously looking to trade him um and it's unfortunate yeah. It's really unfortunate. Um, yeah, man. Um, it, a lot of different stuff to look out for
1: uh, when it comes to this this continuing quarterback market. I know we we talked about how many guys were anticipated to move, but not really sure how much is left. Um, yeah. It should be noted that Carolina is definitely playing the oh this is for competition's sake. You know, <laughs> these guys are going to push each other and everything like that. But nah, Teddy's Teddy's.
0: i I hope he gets moved i hope he gets yeah yeah um yeah and then you know the other the other big quarterback news um 49ers traded up to the number three spot in the in the draft it looks like Mac jones might be who they're targeting it's still early we still got a few weeks before the draft as 49ers fan i'm not excited about that um you know Obviously, Matt Jones has put up great numbers at Alabama, had great supporting cast, all those things. But if you're going to come up to three, I, I want one, I want a Trey Lance or Justin Fields, something like that. But at the same time, we've talked about this. It's There's fantasy draft where you just pick whoever, and then there's drafting for your system, who's going to be the best quarterback for what you're trying to do as a team. And so the 49ers, through their evaluation, feel like that. I guess that's what it is. But that's not a pick that I'm excited about at all.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what's what's going on with this whole this whole plan. Um, <laughs> for, <laughs> I I thought Kyle Shanahan was, you know, gonna look for you know something dynamic in his offense, not necessarily a Michael Vick, you mm-hmm. know, for a guy that's scrambling, but you know, somebody that's at least agile, mobile. And while Mac Jones, you know, he's not a stiff by any any stretch. I don't think agile. I don't think mobile. When I think of Mac Matt Jones, I actually thought mm-hmm. that um, you know Carolina surprisingly would, would would be a better fit for somebody like a Mac Jones. I thought they would move up to try to get him. Maybe mm-hmm. they will. Who knows? We're we're still seeing different things happening, but. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, San Francisco, I'm I'm just you, you've had Jimmy G, I don't want to see you get <laughs> Jimmy G light. Um, you know, or go for go for a young version of a guy who does not add other dynamics and cannot mm-hmm. impact the game in in those other ways cuz I I think we've passed the age where mobile quarterbacks are just like a phenomenon. Yeah. And they don't really translate well, and I think yeah. we've seen a more recent curve of guys who have better balance. With yeah. the Kyler Murray's, the Deshaun Watson's, everything like that, so I, I just I was thinking that they would go a certain route, but I it's your Niners, man. Mac Jones in the in the building. Who Mac, who, Mac
0: Jones? <laughs> 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 I mean, it is weird. Like any other, you know, you go back five ye- ten years, maybe even five years, Matt Jones would probably be the number one quarterback because he's the prototypical size, arm strength, all of those things. Uh, but you've got these other just. Athletic, even looking at Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. I mean, all three of those guys. Kylin Mond coming up later mm-hmm. in the draft mm-hmm. won't be a first round pick. All these guys have have the athleticism and the ability to throw the ball. So it's still early. We've seen this happen before, where we hear reports about a team. Oh, they the the Cavs are going to pick Demontis Sabonis, and then Anthony Bennett, isn't it? So it happens. It happens in every draft. I'm trying not to overreact too early to this. Yeah. Um, but man, I th- this is not the news that I was hoping for as 49ers. <laughs> Yeah. And another big thing, Justin Fields is falling down some draft boards. Um not really sure why. One of the big things could be it's just the trade the 49ers made has kind of thrown the quarterback hierarchy into into shuffle mode. Um and so, you know, players that were going to be available aren't going to be available anymore because the Dolphins were not taking a quarterback at 3. Um, so what do you, do do you think this affects where he ends up? Um, where do you think is a good fit for Justin? Um, if he's not one of the, one of the top three or four quarterbacks coming off the board, I have a, I have a, uh, what better not happen, but (laughs) I'd love to hear what you, uh, (laughs) what you think this means for, uh, his, uh,
1: position. Man, it's, it's really weird to me. Um, now I've heard some things maybe about work ethic. Mm Mm-hmm. Heard some things maybe about um, uh, about progressions and how mm-hmm. he, you know how he goes through those. Apparently, he has a tendency to you know, if not stare down, to always end up throwing to his first option,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so that's that's interesting. Which only matters if you if the other team knows the play, um, right. If They know what your first option is. So I, I don't read too too much of that different stuff like that. Or if your first option's not open, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, oddly enough, now a lot of mocks have him going to Detroit, which mm. I don't see that. I, I well, we know we know Jared Goff is a rental, yeah, um, and they don't. Really He's an expensive a, rental. An expensive rental, but um, mm. they can they can cry wolf all they want to. We know they don't have long term mm. plans for Jared Goff. <laughs> um, and so that's but that's an interesting situation to bring him into i don't really love mm-hmm. uh the thought of him doing that honestly things come to mind like a denver
0: um give him a, a space he, denver's I, I was looking at the draft board and i was like oh denver needs a quarterback but he doesn't quite fit what what john elway drafts true he likes more prototypical type of quarterbacks so i just don't, i don't. I don't see the fit there for, and I don't, I'm not, I can't remember who their OC is, but I just don't see the fit there. Although I think he's the kind of quarterback. They need somebody dynamic.
1: And that's, that's what I was more so thinking is like, you know, hopefully they, they actually switch up what they've been doing. And Mm -hmm. uh, also oddly enough, uh, the Vikings have to be thinking about, now I know they'll probably go, you know, beef up the line, but who is the successor for Kirk Cousins? And and are you thinking about that? I don't know if Fields will still be there mm-hmm. at that point because I think they're at what fourteen.
0: Um, if, you, if you want, if you want Kirk Cousins motivated, go ahead and draft his replacement. See how that go- we know how that goes for players. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, but I, I, what I I I'm saying, I just want to what see what, hmm. what better not happen is he better not end up in New England.
1: <laughs> I don't think Bill is end up in New England. I, honestly, be I'm gonna say that based on stuff that I've seen, I do project that they will make a move to move up into this draft. I think they'll end up in the. They're at 15 now, mm-hmm. which is the which is a good spot to get somebody good. I, if they get in that top 10, I think we might see Justin Fields go to the Patriots.
0: I mean this this looks. I mean, you know, it's early. We don't know what's actually going to happen. But looking at this, looking at the way that the the chatter is starting, we could see him fall. And if he were to fall in New England, that would just be. Yeah. A great situation for Justin to be in. Yes, it. Would. Um, in terms of coaching, in terms of culture, um, they've started to spend some money. And then you know, even if he doesn't play this year, he gets to sit with Cam Newton. Who, who better for him to yeah. learn from uh, than a veteran Cam Newton, who's been through what he's been through? Similar type of players coming out of college that would just be, I think, a dream scenario um, for Justin's development. Yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see. I, I hate that he's dropping, but he may drop yeah. into a much better
1: situation.
0: Pittsburgh Steelers. No, I'm kidding. Oh god! Um. <laughs> Please, Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, um, quick NBA news: extension news. Drew Holiday, four-year, hundred sixty million dollar extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. Ian is covering his face. You guys can't see this. He is in anger. This has been a rough. Couple weeks. A lot of Lamarcus Aldridge reverse pivots in the news, and then now Drew Holiday is getting forty million dollars a year from the Bucks. Ian, give us your first take on this on this extension. I like Drew. <laughs> I
1: like Drew Holiday. I love when he brings on the court. Are you crying? Was I there? don't understand. I, there's no rhyme or reason for this. I mean, listen. I guess the the market is set where the market is set. Uh, he yeah. is an all star point guard. He is a great defender. Um, mm-hmm. He's a very very good facilitator, and and he's a bucket. And that's the thing, Drew's Drew's gonna get. He's gonna get you a lot. I think Milwaukee needs something else. I think everybody on the outside knows that they need something else. I don't think Milwaukee knows that they need something else. And so, congratulations on them securing. Drew Holiday for for a number of years I think I understand that being a priority but at this price point I just you what are I don't what's 40 happened? mil what's happening? This, this I feel the same way I did when Mike Conley secured the the 30 plus million dollar per year deal a few years first back. of all how
0: dare you how dare you
1: I, I mean listen Michael Michael is, is a very decent player but
0: these guys getting paid like elite all time all time great <laughs> it's it's weird man yeah you got to feel for bill russell sitting at home like i made $4000 a year in my rookie year and these <laughs> bill russell's <laughs> drowning in rings <laughs> <laughs> they thought they thought uh who was it some player signed a 1 million dollar deal and everybody lost their minds <laughs> yeah shout <laughs> um, out to Drew, though I mean, it's, this is, this is what Milwaukee has to do to keep players. I mean, if they, if they don't resign him, they don't have money to, they've already maxed out, um, Giannis, they've already maxed out, um, Middleton. So they don't really have money to spend, but they can go over the cap to sign drew because of the way they acquired him. So I get it. I get what it, they're not gonna be able to replace them with anything close and Milwaukee doesn't we've talked about this before. They don't get free agents. They have to trade for these guys or develop them in the draft. Um, And it's hard to do. It's hard to do both develop guys in the draft and put on a team that is going to put Giannis in championship contention. So I get it. Andrew's a great locker room guy, great guy in the community, great player. Um, And I just don't know what, what better they could do um, if they didn't sign him to this extension.
1: By comparison, Fred Van signed a four year deal. For eighty-five million dollars. Is Drew Holiday that mm-hmm. much Okay, never mind. I'll let y'all fill in the blank. Let us know uh, if, if, if Drew Holiday he is that much be- <laughs> that much better than Fred VanVleet. Uh yes. I understand you overpay in situations like this, but that much better?
0: I don't think so. He is, yeah. I, I love so. Fred. I love Fred, but Drew is taller for one, uh, can guard more positions. I love Fred, but Fred can't get to the bucket as easily as Drew can. Fred it's, is, just, it's he's just scrappy. He's going to get you buckets, too. That's not the guy that I even want to pay $20 million for. I don't want to play $20 million for the scrappy oh, guy. Bro. I don't want to play $20 million for OG Bobby Portis. I don't want to pay no, for it. I no, don't want to pay that for also... <laughs> for Lou Williams. I want. He can also to... go out and get you 25 a night, but I hear you. I hear you. Shout
1: out to Drew. Hey man, you and your agent, y'all live it up. You and Uncle P, y'all go have have yourself a night.
0: a hey, shout out to Drew. He's done a lot in the community. He uh, donated, I believe, this whole year' salary to um, to some causes. So shout out to him and his wife, who've been really active in social justice and That's and cool. other movements. And who also recovering from COVID, he's been very open about how that affected him and his body coming back. So shout out to Drew. Get paid, man. Get paid. Um, wish it was somewhere else other than Milwaukee, but.
1: I think that's I don't know another what I'll thing. Say. I don't want to see Drew in Milwaukee <laughs> for another four years, but you know.
0: uh, that's not a bad core. Him, Middleton and Giannis. Okay. You're always gonna be in it. You're always gonna be in it. Yeah. Um buyout news. Um I guess not buyout, but signing news. Clippers signed um DeMarcus Cousins to a ten day contract. Wow. And um Isaiah Thomas IT is back with the New Orleans Pelicans. Which one of these players are you most interested in seeing? Boogie. One thousand percent.
1: Um, I think he has a lot left. I've been I've been yeah, I've said on this podcast before, I think Boogie's gonna be a difference maker. I, I'm looking for him to end up in that starting lineup.
0: Mm. I don't know about all that, but um, he is the name that I'm most inter- interested in seeing. Um, although I I'm, I'm excited for him. He's worked really hard to get back. Mr. Slow grind himself. Still don't fully know what that means. Unless he's talking about the slow grind of his hip. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think cousins could help them. It, I'll be interested to see what their playoff rotation looks like. I don't know if he'll be a part of it. Um, for, for all those games. Um, cause I think he'll, he'll hurt them a little bit defensively with their mobility. I think Zubach is better defensively and I think that's what they tend to prioritize, but offensively, I mean, we know what he is. He's, he could be a bully in the post and step out on the perimeter. Yeah. Um, and so it gives them another death piece. So I, you know, I want to see ITCV can bring back some of that value. He played for USA basketball in the Pan American games, really rooting for him. Um, but I mean, no, New Orleans is not in the playoffs. um, not going to be in the playoffs. But hopeful that he can regain some value, um, it'll be good to see him back on the court again. With all the love in my heart,
1: I think it's time. It, it's time. Go ahead, check out Istanbul. Go Aww. ahead, and, uh, go ahead, and check out Bangladesh. See what they're paying. Aww. But uh, don't do that. Don't send I, him to China. I, I, I honestly, I would love it. But I mean, what a what a cautionary tale. He will forever be for that whole situation, that contract situation in Boston, back up the Brinks truck, all of it.
0: These teams are loyal, I'll tell you that. You're right about it. Um, last bit of news, Grant Hill taking over USA Basketball from Jerry Colangelo. Uh Jerry Colangelo brought back to life USA Basketball that we didn't have to watch. Uh, you know, We had the Dream Team, we had Dream Team 2, and then at a moment there we were playing the – Lord, please wake me up, team, because these teams were getting kind of rough. We were seeing uh, fourth place and sixth man of the year candidate players. <laughs> <Real life. laughs> Top billing on these teams. I mean, I love Lamar Odom, but I would have never thought he'd be on a Team USA. <laughs> 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 um, so, uh, you know, Jerry Jerry done a great job. Grant, I mean, I, I, I think he's a great analyst. He was a great player, obviously, so Excited to see what he's going to do, if he can continue to carry the torch and get better, and, you know, hopefully yeah, players are still interested. That's the big thing, keeping players interested in, in wanting to play for Team USA. And I think that's the biggest thing about this move is that, you you know,
1: Grant Hill is a name that will forever be etched in basketball lore because we know what he would have been had he stayed mm-hmm. healthy. Uh, story career there at Duke, you know, uh, would still ended up with a 19-year NBA career even though his – yeah. His ankles were styrofoam. So, I mean, this is, it'll be amazing to see, you know, the interest he can generate and him being a new face of uh, USA basketball. I think that's going to be solid.
0: Shout yeah. out to Grant, man. Shout out to Grant. And so, we're about to end our show. Before we do, let's get our parting words. Ian, what are your parting words tonight?
1: Man, I got to shout out, uh, uh, Ari McDonald. Um, star of the Arizona um, uh, women's basketball team. Tough loss there in the uh, national championship game. Um, had the, had a chance for a heroic shot coming down the stretch. Uh, probably should have kicked it out to an open player, but uh, no. So what she did and the way that she propelled that team into uh, into deep into into a run that you know not everybody really saw, but she's a baller, man. Uh, she got a lot of ho- lot of hype. Uh, from players around the league and everything like that. But, um, no, we know a Hooper when we see one, and she was definitely a Hooper. So, shout out to her, man. That was a great run, and I hope that puts some more dollars in her pocket. Money, 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 money.
0: Uh, Yeah, great. Great NCAA tournament for the women as well. I mean, UConn got knocked out in the Final Four. It's one of those things, like, you can see people that are not UConn fans, like, yes. (laughs) right, right, right. Um, but shout out to, uh, Arizona, you know, getting to the, getting to the final four and then Stanford winning it. Um, gotta love the little West coast love there for the, for the NCAA women. Um, my shout out goes to one Eldrick Tyler, Tiger Woods. And this is why Justin Spieth won this weekend and, and stopped a four year drought, a four year drought of winning. Um, and so I just thought about all the people that we thought were going to be the next Tiger Woods at one time. It was Jordan Spieth. One time it was Adam Scott. One time it was Roy McIlroy. I don't even know if we remember. Sergio Garcia was supposed to be the, the <laughs> next Tiger. Yeah. But none of them have been able to do it. Tiger has remained Tiger. And we will never see another run like Tiger had. The dominance, yeah. the the continued excellence. Um. So shout out to Tiger, praying for his recovery from his leg injury. Forget about golf. Forget about being competitive in golf. I just want that man to be healthy and have a good life. Um, and if you haven't seen the Tiger Woods doc on HBO, please see it. It's so good. And that's how we're going to end our show today. From Cleveland, Ohio, we just lost them, but that's in Lamont Morgan. And here in the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Thank you for listening to the 3-in-1 podcast. We'll see you all next time.